he doesn't get injured. It's Ugh. Cool. Worth it, trust me. You don't want me to pull a hammy halfway through the app. I feel like that's what Jeremy Renner would do. Like, he would just make sure he doesn't get injured on set by stretching. Do you think before every take, he's just like, okay, guys, everybody, just give me a second. I need to stretch real quick. No, I think he leads like a group stretch, like, <laughs> group stretch. across all cast yeah, and crew. So everybody stays limber. Just like a sports team warming up before a game or something like that. It's just like yeah, everybody exactly. There. I mean, to be fair, yeah. he's probably doing the most actual movement on set because he has like yeah. real powers. You know, I'm talking <laughs> Hawkeye, obvi. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not the movie tag where his arms and legs were CGI. Cause he yeah, that was very strange. Um, yeah. But in Hawkeye, everybody else is like mo capped and they're not, they're not really doing anything. He's yeah. the one running yeah. around all these yeah. people in green. So exactly. he should stretch. It's an insurance thing. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any more slander. <laughs> Enough of this Jeremy Renner. Renner slander. Yeah. And I will you're say saying you like the Born Legacy, present. Phil? Is that what you're trying to tell us? No. That was a weird movie. Good. Was it about the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry? Was it about drug Maybe. addiction? Was it, <laughs> was it a shitty runoff of a Matt Damon movie? Yes. All those things. <laughs> all the above. <laughs> all of the above. I don't know. Did that mean it was good? No. No. Uh, <laughs> I remember it though. <laughs> that counts for something. Wrong franchise. I mean, maybe one day we'll do it. One day, one day we'll do it just to see how Phil, you know, how much he really defend cares Jeremy about Renner. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. How much yeah. you're willing to go to bat for him? <laughs> go to bat. It's not a hill I'm going to die on. No. I don't even think he'd die on that hill. <laughs> he's like you know what guys i'm not that good he gave up that app pretty quickly yeah. i'm not that good i'm just gonna i'm gonna go hang out it's like if i was asking you for money it wasn't me <laughs> wasn't me not this not this time not this yeah not this time like it's like the shaggy time. song um it wasn't me <laughs> it wasn't me okay i think that would be the line if he released like a, a cover yeah version <laughs> of shaggy it wasn't me the country version country cover oh my god yeah, as long as he doesn't, you know, perpetuate an accent. Yeah. I didn't create that hap now. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the guy, what's, what's that boy's name? Tom Hanks' son, but not the oh, good one. Chet. Chet. One? Chet Hanks, who, who, yeah, speaks, who thinks he's a Jamaican man. Yeah. He's yeah. like that politician who yeah. tweeted about being a black guy. <laughs> 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 he's just he's just pretending and yeah. everybody has the to go along with politician that it. tweeted as a black gay man yeah. and so on and so forth I agree with myself and the black gay man <laughs> as a black gay man <laughs> <laughs> which he was not no. uh, <laughs> sorry no, we're, we're off the rails today guys yeah that was, that was like actually like a, a year ago that story came out as well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a franchise presented by the Breadcrumbs Collect to the podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises. One film at a time as we try to figure out what makes a franchise good, what makes a franchise bad, and what makes a franchise work. This is your host, Sean Foster, and I am here today with my little Jeremy Renner zombie boy, <laughs> Phil. How's it going, Phil? It's just what died this bit. You know? <laughs> this is like who I am now. And we're early on still. Yes. See if we can yeah. drag it out to all 20 episodes, however many this will be. If I'm still Every a Jeremy Renner boy. Every episode ever. It'll go on the Pod Charles Cinecast, too. 
I don't like him that much. <laughs> it's just funny. Well, you should have. We should have said that before we <laughs> yeah, before it took it and too. ran with it. You open up a can of worms, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm all right. You're all right, and we're also here with the OG co-host. Who is it? Ariana Nantaputri. My daughter. What's up, Ariane? Hey, Dad. Uh, I'm all G. How are you, Jonathan? How are you, Phil? Oh, good. Good. Oh, good. I got my Braves jersey on, anticipating that one day we will. see that. We will do a Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. A separate separate podcast. (sighs) How are the Braves doing? I don't know what. Are they doing well? I'm getting so so nervous, man. Like, by the time this episode goes out, their fate will be will be made it will be had it will be done you know we, i think the world series will be going on so who knows if they'll Damn. be in it but anyway the braves okay. are doing the same thing they did last year last year they were up three one on the dodgers who are the, arguably the best team in baseball uh three games to one in a best of seven series and they lost it and now this year they were up three games to one again oh no and the dodgers account come back now they're playing game six tonight I'm just like so nervous that they're gonna give up that shit again. It's fucking <laughs> I feel like the good like Knicks juju that's being spread around, you know, like because the Knicks won, and and I think it'll spread around all the weird teams now that they're gonna they're gonna win something. Yeah, yeah. like what we had with Man City here, you know. Yeah, come on. Let's you just that. you just need money, and you need Brad Pitt managing <laughs> like the team from Ted Lasso. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I know what football Well, is. I mean, it football. sounds like a bit of a Ted Lasso thing, like, of what's going on with the team this year because they've had, like, basically the worst fucking, like, start to any season and then they have actually come back and they're, like, you know, in the, you know, semifinals of the postseason. And they are doing weird-ass shit. Like, one of the players just started wearing pearls for no reason. Baller. And it was mm-hmm. fucking... Is that safe? Him- Is that regulation? Yeah, I mean they're always wearing fucking necklaces. <laughs> the sound is distracting. So they're crazy. cool. But yeah, the he's jingle, he, jingle. They asked him about it, and he said he's because he's a bad bitch, and that's Hell yeah. fucking awesome. Hell yeah, awesome. I'm a bad bitch. Do what I want. Awesome. Yeah. And then like exactly. everybody, they you know were wearing everybody started wearing pearls, like in the audience and stuff. Yeah. And that sounds like a joke. Like if you had said <laughs> that like ten years ago, someone told me that that would happen, I'd be like, okay, that sounds like a bit. Yeah. yeah, it sounds, sounds weird. Like I don't know who's bit, but <laughs> it need, sounds like a bit. We need more people like that in sports. You know, like a Dennis Dennis Rodman type. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You mean they they go they go to North Korea and like who knows what happens? Yeah, like, not that more bit. people like that. <laughs> <laughs> we need more people yeah. like Dennis Rodman and Steven Seagal who befriend these dictators <laughs> and then aren't allowed yeah. back in the country. I'm not even gonna talk about the guy on the team that just decided to bring out pirate swords that are pink. After Baller. winning one game, and oh my god, are the Braves like just slowly coming out like at the team? The Braves sound like a Thirty Rock bit now. Oh, that they're all just like a, just the queer team of baseball or something. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're like I mean, finally like acknowledging it. That would be Do like get baseball. That'd be I don't know. Fucking amazing, especially like the fact that they're in Atlanta and like half of the, half of the fan base would totally not be down. <laughs> <laughs> like the pearls and pink pirate swords. But surprisingly, there's quite a few awesome yeah. fans online that are full of like a very mix of wonderful people, and I've found that pocket on Twitter, and that's lovely. That's um, nice. So you can 
tune out the fact that probably the other half are quite horrible, horrible. people. Yeah. <laughs> they're all on Facebook. They're all, that's 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 fine. They're all there. No one goes there except for those people. Yeah. Yeah. If you were if you're on the brave John, you could bring out Stevie. Yeah. You'd go out to play the black cat. Just <laughs> let her loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the field. <laughs> I've seen that before in a baseball it game, and it makes rules. no sense, like how a cat got loose in the stadium. It's like, all right, we get a bird, whatever it is. But yeah, who cat, brought a cat? How did a cat get? Stevie there? would be incredible at baseball. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh yeah. She's sleeping. Where's that little so. weirdo? Oh, she's <laughs> See, she's an athlete that knows when to get her rest. Yeah. Exactly. Why are we talking about baseball? Because <laughs> you talked about your yeah. Braves jersey. <laughs> it's because I'm in London and I can't enjoy myself. Because I live here now and I have to stay up late as fuck in order to like even try to catch a baseball game. And, you know, I feel like a zombie in London now. <laughs> nice um, segue. So we are dealing with quite a London heavy film. It's close to Hell the yeah. bone for all of us. Um, uh-huh. So I say, I don't know, guys, let's just get into it. Yeah. Antonia Kirk. Uh, the London Evening Standard said, Shaun of the Dead is a cute, successful zombie spoof built on a central joke. If the undead actually came to London, supposedly turned on town of nattering youth, no one would really notice. <laughs> Tim sure. Roby of the Daily Telegraph said, It may only be April, but what we have here is pretty likely the British comedy of the year. It's knockout final punchline planting a silly grin on your face that takes some time to fade. Kim Newman of Empire Magazine said, Even when in danger of self-destructing, it catches laughs with smart lines, silly observations, or blokish inside jokes about zombie movies, video games, and pub nibbles. That's like the Edgar Wright specialty. (laughs) Claudia Puig of USA Today said, the movie bogs down and humor seems to dry up, though the blood continues to, well, spurt and spew. She didn't like it. (laughs) Too much blood. Too much blood in the zombie movie. I don't like it. Richard Roper of Ebert and Roper said, the second half of the film is just a standard horror movie showdown with a few mildly amusing gags. He also didn't like it. <laughs> who did like it? Roger Ebert <laughs> said, has his pleasures, which are mild, but real. But he gave it a favorable review. I love that. Like when like you go to Rotten Tomatoes and they just like take like what's supposed to be like a fresh rating from a critic, but then they always just put like a really kind of horrible line. Like it just doesn't sound yeah. like you yeah. really liked it. Yeah. And you might have noticed that uh, someone's missing. Someone's yeah. missing. Uh, our boy Felix Vasquez Jr. went back to his grave for this one. He slept on it. Maybe it was a little too British. I don't know. But we have. Don't watch foreign films. That can put people up here to watch foreign films. <laughs> <laughs> but we have an old pal from last season on a franchise with the Fast and the Furious. Eric, you could mm-hmm. probably guess who it is. I'm. <laughs> I'm still reeling from don't watch foreign films. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Travers of the Rolling oh, Stone. Rolling Stone. Popcorn with Peter Travers. Hell yeah. Though I prefer the hardcore zombie scares of Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later, Peg and Wright 
this is like Penn and Teller, who are rumored <laughs> to resemble a real life Sean and Ed keep the blood and laughs gushing. Yeah, I mean, I guess they do. So let's get to it. I see. What's the deal? We may have to kill my stepdad. Listen, Mum, sit tight, okay? You're not safe there. We're coming over. I don't want to cause a fuss. We're coming to get you, Barbara. We've made it through the night, dawn, and day of Romero's Dead trilogy. And now we find ourselves in the second side mission of season two. We move on to the old smoke, foggy London. Not with Danny Boyle's rage virus, not zombies. Now, don't you be calling them zombies. He doesn't like that. They're not zombies, according to They're not zombies. Which I don't get, because they're definitely zombies. Because they're British. (laughs) Because they're foreign. Because they're British. They're foreign. (laughs) John and I can say that. (laughs) But with the student of Romero zombie films, a friend of the Prince Charles cinema, Mm -hmm. but a man who films can really cause a stir with some people. One, Edgar Wright. Phil, with what? What? Movie? (laughs) Sean! Sean! (laughs) Sean! (laughs) Of the dead. think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mom. Have you ever felt that you're turning into a zombie? Maybe you're not alone. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. It is vital that you stay in your homes and avoid all physical contact with the assailants. So, what's the plan? Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl Lizzie? Because I love her. All right, gay. Stuck in a state of perpetual uneventfulness, Sean, played by Simon Peck, the lovelorn electronics store employee, already knows that his life is going nowhere. Whiling away the time playing video games and downing pints at the neighborhood's pub with Ed, played by Nick Frost, his best friend and, I guess, roommate? I don't know. He doesn't seem to pay anything. He's just there. Hmm. Sean is letting his girlfriend, Liz, Kate Ashfield, slip away. As if that weren't enough, there's something strange going on in North London. Now, 
as an unexplained plague threatens to take over Britain from end to end. For the first time in a long while, Sean has to rise to the occasion and risk life and limb to rescue Ed, Liz, Liz's flatmates, Diane and David, who are played by Lucy Davis and Dylan Moran, his mother, played by Penelope Wilton, and his stepdad, played by Bill Nye. His plan, you ask? Take the car, go to Mom's, kill Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for this all to blow over. Now, how's that for a slice of fried gold? It's the 2004 horror comedy and first installment in the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, directed by Edgar Wright and written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Shaun of the Dead. Hot takes out the gate. Do, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think pick? John should go first, actually. Yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, you this, never yeah. go first. This is my uh, my pick. Each this season, each of us are going to have our own side mission because it kind of fits yes. nicely to throw three in there to uh, flesh out everything and put it in between the trilogies. And I decided it'd be a fun thing to talk about is Shaun of the Dead because one, I think it's probably the best Edgar Wright film. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I mean, well, I think we should talk about Edgar Wright's films a little bit. We should. But I think it's, uh, I think it's the best one. Um, I, I know people fucking love Hot Fuzz. And, fucking love Hot Fuzz. <laughs> but I just, I don't know, man. I, I think this is the best one. It's just, it's, it's the most like London fucking film. Yeah. We're gonna get into like a little bit of how this film came about. And there's something that's really fucking like it's close to my heart when it comes to things that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright have done together. And uh, this is like, I just feel like this is just a really good example. It's something even as like a American person, when I first saw it, it just like, it made so much sense. It's so funny. It's just weird and strange. And then when I moved to London, it made, it was just like even better because it's the perfect London film. It's like, you feel how like this place just turns everyone into zombies it's like it's a working class movie it's like everyone's going to work and it's like the whole idea that like no one really fucking pay attention to the fact that this is going on here for a long time it's one of the most cold cities in the world like shit can happen here and people turn a blind eye to it all the time and it's just like that's exactly like the vibe here and this film sort of hits on the head especially when the outbreak really starts to happen um just like you know the way Sean's kind of like at first he doesn't he's not even aware of it he's not even paying attention to it <laughs> not at all and then and no. then he starts to catch on that things are a bit weird but it's still sort of like no one cares and it takes a really <laughs> long time <laughs> for like the shit to really hit the fan it's just like slowly yeah. happening and it just feels like in a place like London that is exactly what would happen yeah and Definitely, it's so yeah. funny like the chemistry between Simon Pegg and Nick Frost is incredible I think this film really, really hits on the head. And I think that's what like works so well with Hot Fuzz because they they just still build it's on that, that chemistry. Again. Yeah, it's yeah. so mm. good. But then I think that's why The World's End is a bit weirder because I feel like they don't rely on no. that no. relationship as well. And it's like there's they rely too on a many. Bigger ensemble, yeah, there's right? too many people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it works so well when it's just those two. And it's, yeah, it's just not as fun. But it's a strange, quirky film. You can see a lot of the stuff that Edgar Wright like has gone on to try to like perfect in later films that he's already done in this, like with his use of music, 
um, yeah. quite a few times, quite a few scenes of the way he, he uses music and also cars, like baby drivers, like the whole film of music and cars and like f- flying around and putting music to cars, you know, swerving around in a road and stuff. And this film has like some of the best uses of that, like before he even got there. So sort of like, why bother? Um, yeah, this film's great. I, I think it's really funny. It's a really good, clever take on zombie films and also um, a love letter to Romero's films. And also get a bit of a love letter to, you know, some of the weird sequels and, you know, Italian horror and stuff that kind of came out off the back of Dawn of the Dead. So I think it's great. What about you guys? Who wants it first? I adore Shaun of the Dead. It's one of those films where, like, back when I was still working at the Prince Charles, if it was on, I would beg to usher it. Or if it was on and I wasn't working, I would come in to see it. Like, it's it's just a good time. I think it's so quintessentially, like, London, but specifically London in the 2000s. And it still feels, like, relevant. Like, mm. not much has changed, you know, aside from people's phones and and how people get around town and, and what they were wearing but um overall that's just like again like you said it's just the attitude of what the city can do to you um i loved i loved that but as always in the beginning where he's like going into the shops to to get cornetto and uh, what what, is, what does he drink was it like a diet coke? i don't know i think it's a diet coke yeah it was like coke. a diet coke and then he just does not notice that there's a zombie in the back <laughs> yeah. like, and he's just like i don't have i don't have change for you i'm gonna oh, go sorry mate sorry mate. Oh, sorry mate sorry mate yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah it's that very very good device of the audience knows something he doesn't and you're yeah. waiting for him to wake up to it and when he does wake up to it it doesn't even you don't even get the reaction that you want. You kind of get something better because you get this absurd sort of like, there's a girl in the garden. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think Nick Frost is freaking hilarious. The things yeah. he says or there's like a, it's a very like white person in the 2000s thing where like, oh, of course this guy listens to a lot of heavy metal, says the N word. Uh, but like he, he has a Oh shit. I forgot about other. that line. Yeah. 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 I forgot about it too. And yeah. then I was like, what? oh and it's okay no no um and he's just different rules here he's like the worst person you'd ever want to be trapped in a zombie apocalypse with but he's also and and then he turned out to sort of like prove himself like yeah he played all those fucking video games he has really sick like aim um i love liz i think she's great she reminds me of the chick from dawn of the dead a lot like if she was oh yeah for sure they're definitely riffing off that yeah for sure um i hate her flatmates i love diane i just i think i just hate david because he reminds me of like a bunch of different (laughs) ex-boyfriends amalgamated Uh, into one guy yeah dylan moran plays that so well yeah so well it's so confusing because i love dylan moran but i hate him i hate him in this He's so annoying in this. And uh, I love that bit where they meet the other group. Um, and it's Martin yeah. Freeman and Tamsin Grieg and Matt Lucas all the way in the back. And they're just like, it's a good gag. There are a lot of really good gags. Yeah. And I do yeah. agree with that one review that where like the second half doesn't feel, you know, as strong as the first half, but it's still really good. I think where else are you going to go when you're locked in a pub, you know, um, which is again, quintessential london i think we've spoken about this before like if we were all in london during the zombie apocalypse we would run to the cinema mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like um, that shotgun above the kiosk yeah <laughs> perfect <laughs> no there's the mandy axe that we don't know where it went but it's there somewhere definitely ah yeah um, sure. or like the heavy rope thing 
pole thing. But I digress. Yeah. We have we have cricket bat oh, from yeah. Sean the Dead <laughs> because of Sean the Dead. Sean the <laughs> yeah. Dead. But tough yeah. filling. Yeah. Awesome. But um yeah, no, it's sick. It's so much fun. And regard regarding Edgar Wright, I'm a bit like I like some of his stuff and I appreciate I think his dedication to honing in on his stylistic like signatures, which I feel like I don't really see in his newer stuff. I haven't seen Last Night in Soho yet, though from what I've been hearing. It doesn't mm. feel like like it's a horror, so they're not there's not gonna be any editing gags, you know? Like and he yeah. has a lot of yeah. post, like post production gags. Uh but yeah, Baby Driver, not it. I saw that for John Bernthal and he was in it for five minutes. So like every other movie <laughs> <Out>. I watch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, those are my thoughts. Phil, over to Phil. So Phil? Oh, oh, oh um yeah. Oh, there's so much to talk about. Uh Sure. <laughs> sure, I like it, great. Um, I think he's a hero like to produce. Yeah, I like Ford films. You know, I mean, I'm a man of the world. I'm cultured. Um, Edgar Wright is, um, you know, a friend of the cinema, and I appreciate how supportive he is of British cinema. Yeah, and he's a fucking hero to British nerd everywhere. He's literally what everyone wants to be. It's like yeah. they, you know, managed to carve out a little niche in Hollywood now and making his own movies without ever really having to sacrifice his own sort of um, style. But this might be his, um, yeah, might be his best film. I I do really like Shaun the Dead. I think it's probably his strongest. Yeah. And that's a shame to like, I really like Space as well. I haven't seen all of it, but Spaced this takes a lot of all the best stuff from Space and manages to pack it into a homage to, to the Romero zombie movie, which we know very well now, but while also being a very good zombie movie in its own right, yeah. adding some own... Um, unique thing to it. There's a lot of stuff you haven't seen in other zombie movies here. It's not just riffing off other stuff. What I am always impressed by Shaun of the Dead is it genuinely balances its humor, its drama, and emotion yeah. really well. Yeah. And again, it's surprising. It's all these people that haven't really pushed themselves since this movie, I feel like. Like Simon Pegg is like really fucking good in this movie. Yeah. Like really relatable. And when he gets, when he has to cry, you fucking feel it. And it's a horrible thing to watch to go through with him. Um, but to do all that and like, so yeah, the second half isn't as much fun, but I feel like it needs to get there because again, something this movie had, that's something the Dawn of the Dead remake didn't even have was that it keeps the poignancy of the original yeah. Romero uh, movie. The Romero movie? The Romero <laughs> zombie movie. Zomero movies it, for sure. Yeah. It still had its social commentary. It's not, you know, hitting you over the face with it, but it's there and it's a strong part of the movie. It's something I that always sticks with me. And yes, very London, very proper British, go down pub, yeah. get a pint, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's how everyone in London would react. And yeah, John, that's one of my favorite <laughs> like, things. We'll the the slow, yeah, the slow fucking burn of just nobody noticing apart until there's one in your garden. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, for fuck, thank like, <laughs> yeah. Throw a record at it. Yeah. But not the Stone Roses record. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> like, it's clearly the end of the world, and you're like worrying about like, oh, yeah, what are you keeping it for? Like, Fuck it, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's funny and it's sweet and it's violent and it's insanely quotable, and I find it yeah. more memorable than the uh, uh, in later yeah. later movies. Yeah, he's just a little bit hit and miss for me. Yeah. To be you know, the more I think about it, but I think there's only two of his movies I really like. <laughs> I think and it's maybe like the Baby first Driver. Two. <laughs> 
I think no, it's not even that. I like hot fun. Okay. I don't think I don't think it touches this one. World then I think it yeah doesn't. I think it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think I think you're both right. It, it might be the it they sort of break the whole the formula dynamic, which it, yeah. yeah those yeah. two. Um, no, the other one would be Scott Pilgrim. Scott I think, Pilgrim, yeah. I right. love Scott I really Pilgrim. like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, I'm on film. the same, I think that's same page. Perfectly directed, yeah. yeah. I'm on the yeah. same But page. everything else, mm, yeah. I don't know. Baby Driver, not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. Baby Driver was legit awful. I, I would have liked <laughs> to have seen what he did with Ant-Man because what Me he too. wrote was great. Oh, God, like, yeah. You know, I know they yeah. probably wrote more shit with that, you know, but he wrote the original yeah. screenplay for Ant-Man. And it's really I would have loved to have seen hit version yeah. of that for sure um but it's that was a, a good case yeah. of like not him not bowing to studio pressure yeah. i'm yeah. like i'll always you know he stuck to making his original movies hit or miss their hit yeah he, i mean he's you know, in some ways he's like the closest thing that you know the uk has to like a kevin smith really like he has that sure. same vibe of being a young up-and-coming um you know director who kind of gets lucky i mean he took a little bit of a different pathway but you know it's like a similar vibe he stayed pretty independent and then he finally sort of made a break and started doing some films but he's kind of kept his Mm. style and stuff and it's the same thing that kevin smith has done over in america but yeah i mean like he did have his first film that like did not have the kind of runaway success that Kevin Smith's first film. Oh, yeah. There's, is uh, it the Western? Fistful yeah, of Fingers. Fistful of Fingers. I love Fistful of Fingers. Which My is God. very Yeah, we have the poster film. back up at the bar. Yeah, we do. <laughs> very, yeah. very fun film. We, like, did the... God, was it 20 years or something? Like, yeah. was it 20th it was anniversary? Yeah, anniversary yeah. something screening. crazy. Yeah. yeah, anniversary screening quite a few years back. But, yeah, super cool, fun film. But, like, you know, it, it took him a while um, to get here because he made his path in television first. Uh but inspired by the likes of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead and something that Phil and I just recently talked about, John Landis's An American Werewolf in London. Great Edgar Wright film. and Simon Pegg collaborated to create one of the best and funniest zombie films the genre has ever seen. But did you know the film spawned from an earlier collaboration between Wright and Pegg? So before Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg created the cult sitcom Spaced, which Phil brought up, and it was one I was kind of skirting about. It's very important <laughs> to me. I fucking love Space. It's, it's fucking so great. fucking yeah. good. If Shaun of the Dead evokes that sort of vibe of like London mid-2000s and you kind of want to be there, Space is like that for the 90s. It's like, holy shit, I want to be there. I want to be in that time. I grew up in the 90s, but like I was a kid. I want to be an adult in the 90s in, <laughs> in London. Fuck like... 60s London for you know last night in Soho. I want to be in fucking 90s, 90s London. London. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and space is such a good example of that. Like flash sharing seemed really fun back then, and it's just like cheaper. Everybody's like a little bit broker, and it's just bullshit. And like London just <laughs> seems really fun. You know, going to Soho yeah. seemed like it'd be really fun. Now yeah, it's sort of like a, a nightmare. Faff. Like it's like oh yeah. I have to walk through so many. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking another Starbucks gets put up here. Cool. Another Joe and the Juice, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright created that alongside Jessica Stevenson, who does appear in Shaun of the Dead as Yvonne, which Eric brought up as the leader of the group of other survivors that they run into. Pretty funny. And yeah. I'll go into that a little bit. I love um, that. Yeah. But it was also, it co-starred Nick Frost. and. 
The show was notable for its hilarious use of pop culture references, particularly with sci-fi and horror and comic books and <laughs> video games. Um, so it was kind of this. It's just like a, the style that Shaun of the Dead would basically become. So for mm-hmm. fans of space who would have been excited about the reunion of Simon and Jessica when you see them on screen after Sean's team of zombie killers run into Yvonne's, the, you know, it's a really funny mirror gag. It's made it yeah. kind of more complicated. It's like we, you know, Ari didn't really go into this, but like it's yeah, crazy think, yeah. the people who they match. Yeah, with. that so, line of people. Yeah. So you have Martin Freeman who plays opposite <laughs> Lucy Davis in The Office. You have Tamsin Grieg who plays opposite Dylan Moran in Black Books. Yeah, and it's just show. like yeah. So it's just like a like, and then obviously like um, you know. Simon and Jessica for space. So it's just this weird British TV comedy reunion, just like right there yeah, on screen. Yeah. And then it was uh, more than just, you know, Jessica there. Cause you had other supporting members from space as well with uh, Peter Serafinowicz who plays their roommate. Pete. Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that isn't he also the tick as well? Or, he wants yeah. Yeah. Oh, he is the tick. Yeah. The he is tick. the tick. And then you get Julia Deacon, who plays uh, Yvonne's mom, who's like mirrored Sean's mom. So that's Marsha from space as well. And then Mm. uh, we get Reese uh, Shearsmith, who plays um, Dylan Moran's mirror. But, you know, he was also, I mean, he's in a ton of shit, like Inside Number Nine and shit. But he was in space as well. So, yeah, it's like a big, huge space reunion. And according to Edgar Wright, the idea for Sean of the Dead actually came out of the episode art from spaced which is uh an episode where simon pegg's character tim is just spaced out hallucinating shooting zombies after he was like up a little too late playing resident evil while he was on some really cheap <laughs> speed so the whole episode that, yeah. is just like shooting zombies and shit <laughs> uh, i love that that's so unbelievably relatable yeah <laughs> And it was uh, one of the last scenes that they shot for the first series. And on the way to a rap party, Edgar Wright and Simon decided, knowing that they had a mutual appreciation for Dawn of the Dead, that they would do a full-length zombie film together. So you can think spaced. And launch their careers. Yeah, Yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. And also a very fun little moment in the film is another spaced character literally taken from space. You can find tires in the crowd of zombies. He's the... uh, short attention span bike messenger guy that's always wearing like the yellow cap and yellow shirt. Yeah. He's himself as tires in the crowd. So it's like a lot of space it exists references. in the same universe. They, yeah. yeah, this is the, the multiverse. Yeah. This yeah. Is cinematic, the Edgar Wright cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah, the Edgar Wright cinematic universe. It's Cornetto everywhere. Cornetto cinematic universe. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. CCU. Yeah. <laughs> the CCU. <laughs> Edgar Wright said in 2020, one evening I was around at Simon Pegg and his pal Nick Frost's house for drinks when I said we should make our own zombie film. It's a horror comedy. It would be from the point of view of two bit players, two idiots who were the last to know what was going on after waking up hungover on a Sunday morning. He got the idea from playing Resident Evil late one night and going out. Uh, in the early morning, wondering what a British person's reaction to a zombie apocalypse would be. He was also influenced by his own, his, like a mistake in his own life, like by just completely missing the news for an entire fortnight when the <laughs> 2001 foot and mouth epidemic was going on. 
So he turned on the television one day and he could see cattle being burnt. And he was just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Like he completely missed the news. So that's kind of like the idea of just Sean completely blanking on the fact that there's like, there is the news going around the entire time, which is kind of interesting. I only picked up on it this time around because as of late, like I've, I, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but on the Pod Charles Cinecast, I've been watching a lot of films with subtitles because Julia's hearing is kind of going bad. And so we watch mostly everything with subtitles and uh, you start to hear these bits or like read lines that you don't really hear, like the radio or television saying stuff. And it was mm-hmm. like talking about like what caused it. And it's very fleeting. It's almost just like Night of the Living Dead. You're not really sure. It sounds like it's mm-hmm. like some weird thing from space. But then they start throwing on all these newspaper clippings and all that sort of stuff where it's just like, what what caused this? And I, I kind of like that it's very similar. It's a very Romero-esque thing where it's very vague of what caused the zombie outbreak. But it's pretty funny. <laughs> but I like that they have like an outcome. They have like a wrap up at the end where like, you know, things go back to normal and Coldplay is doing a benefit and Trisha is still on oh, and her audience yeah. is alive. And he's like, but uh, he's my husband. And I'm like, what the fuck, lady? That's, that's your husband. so British. Yeah. It's so yeah. British. Um, and like, it is quite, again, like quintessentially British and especially London where like when things happen, we just like, we just go on. You yeah, know, but not in like mm. a not in like a persevering way either. It's yeah. kind of just like, oh well, you know, in like a repressed like, way. In a repressed. And what are you gonna do, like, London? You know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's sort of like yeah. they're trying really hard not to care, but like they don't care. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's kind of happening right now. Like, yeah, yeah. COVID. I mean, the whole yeah, world's kind of going through it, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. it's like watching this living in London. And you're like, fuck, dude, we're doing that shit for real right now during the pandemic. Like, no one cares anymore. It's just like, yeah. all right, let's get back to normal. Even like when we were at the height of pandemic, before it like really football like, fans we were still really... in the street. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you don't really know what's going to happen. And they're just sort of like, you know, we're going to have to, you know, do the new normal. And it's just like they were just hammering that on on TV. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's like, oh we're sake. just going to do like, normal. Yeah, like, it's like, the new normal, guys. It's we're just gonna have to get used to it. And although it's like, no, we're gonna do the old one. They just kept doing the old <laughs> shit. <laughs> Let's get back to normal. Uh which is exactly what happens in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would become Shaun of the Dead began as what Wright described as a one-page word document that sketched out the general idea of the film back when it was called Tea Time of the Dead. Fucking hell. Because it's the time of day. (laughs) What was it? Night, dawn, day, Sean. Like, what time is Sean? You know, what what do you do at Sean O'Clock? Supper of the dead. (laughs) You play video games. Brunch of the dead. Brunch of the dead. I would so be in Brunch of the dead. (laughs) Sorry. According to Simon Pegg, the final script had a set structure with certain lines and actions being repeated throughout the film, making improvisation harder, only two scenes were improvised when Ed begins to describe all the people at the pub, basically saying what they've done and all that shit. And then when mm. uh, Sean offers their associates some peanuts, like when they're all kind of like long, locked in <laughs> at the pub, which is great because they set that up anyway, where it's just sort of like, you know, he's going to... screaming about snacks. Yeah, he's just going to be like offering people peanuts and then later he's yeah. just like <laughs> it's like what big plan do you have he has no yeah. plan he's just in this fucking pub 
which is great. Mm. I mean, it's like, I kind of want to be there, though. It's like, what else are you going to do? Like, how are you yeah. going to survive this? What else are you going to have do? Have a drink. Like, yeah, sh- have a drink. Like, some have a, like some pool. Some it's great. Yeah. And I love that little... I, I really like movies where something big has to happen for something little to happen. Yeah. Mm. Like, Silver Lake done it really well. I don't know if yeah, you've done yeah. that under the Silver Lake. Done it really fucking well. This movie does it well. It's like a whole zombie apocalypse needs to happen in order for Sean just to fucking grow up a little and like yeah, apologize yeah. to his girlfriend and like maybe get a new place and yeah. get a Care job. About his you know, mom like exactly yeah, like yeah. just take the next step, like take some responsibility <laughs> and be a fucking grown up. And there's a little thing he has to do. And, you know, he just needs to make a plan. He just needs to figure out what he's doing. Yeah. And then he's thrown into a situation. He, he literally has to figure out what he's doing or everyone will die. Yeah. yeah. It's like that bit, like, um, men will do anything but go to therapy. And that's exactly it. Like, he will <laughs> do so far, anything Ari. else Ari, before so getting his shit away. together. I know. I know. Me too, man. Yeah, like, God, I don't want to drive all the way there. I hate <laughs> no, and I have to do, like, I have to do, like, a telephone appointment and then yeah. I have to go there and I have to and go they've there gutted another the time NHS, like it's and I have to like work on myself and the NHS story already you know over and come I don't want to add to it you know? and then like the apocalypse starts and Phil really steps the fuck up um, <laughs> that's when he starts going to therapy <laughs> that's what it takes zombies yeah my zombie therapist he's just really good at listening yeah. oh my gosh that would be uh, we should do that movie the zombie want, therapist movie. The zombie therapist. <laughs> therapy of the dead. Yeah. Therapy of the dead. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want the guy from uh, Day it's of the, the Dead. The Sopranos, yeah, but Bob. like with, yeah. with yeah. the zombie therapy. With zombies. Yeah. yeah. Bob is a great money. listener. It writes I get itself. really fucking it angry at, yeah. at his therapist. He's like, you're not even fucking listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. is, that all you have to, is that all you think about, brain? <laughs> yeah. What I do appreciate about Shaun of the Dead, though, is like the zombie rules that they've got. Like, eventually when things do sort of, quote unquote, go back to normal and it's it doesn't violate the whole like suspension of disbelief we're like yeah i can believe that you're going to harvest these mindless you know dead people to to work in service <laughs> yeah um, totally make yeah. Like, working a tesco and shit yeah but they're not what people talk, do anyway you know i'm not Political. a big fan of talking zombies or fast zombies so what i really appreciated about this was like oh you can fuck one up by running it over and it's not gonna get back up you know? yeah. um or like a bunch of them can mob um, the pub like Gwendolyn Miranda is like he gets ripped to shreds but only because oh. there's a bunch of them you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. one of them isn't going to have the strength to. you like, can fight them. one off yeah you can fight yeah. one off yeah. and I really really appreciate yeah. that and I love that that scene where Diane's like okay everyone um, she's, like, <laughs> she's like you know coaching an improv class being like this is how you, you zombie one yeah. <laughs> you do that. I'll do it on <laughs> the they, night yeah. yeah they show Sean's mom <laughs> she yeah Sean's like... mom just <laughs> She's the she's best. Like, she's so she's like, fucking good in this. Unbearably fucking sweet. great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's unbearably sweet. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that is one of my, f- I'm glad you brought that up. It's one of my favorite kills, I think, in any zombie movie, Dylan yeah. Moran's death. Yeah. I know it's just the death and Dawn of the yeah. Dead, but it looks yeah. really fucking good. Again, something that would have destroyed this movie. And it's a, it pays off. Yeah. yeah. It like, does. It pays off the whole thing. Him, the whole arc. And then he, and he died. Yeah. He died a selfish death. Yeah. And he brings them all in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly. that like it's that same thing that we were saying last week on um, Day of the Dead episode. It's it's just like you get that same sort of kill. It's pretty much the same, and it's riffing off of that. But it's also you 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 get it. 
it's like the the worst character in the entire film the one you hate the most and it's like a gratifying <laughs> kill and it's great yeah. it's like this film doesn't have a lot of those insane special effects moments like there's yeah. a couple that are kind of fun like when they few. throw the yeah. records into the faces <laughs> and stuff like that's but good. it's more of relies on the comedy and all that. But yeah. You get that one really good gory, yeah. fucking rip apart kill and it's really fun. You know? Mm. Well, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg pitched the project to film four, who took it on until their production budget got cut back. And Edgar Wright at this time refused to take TV directing jobs um, again because he knew that it was going to like push back the project and he really wanted to make the film. And it put him <laughs> in a lot of debt at the time. Other companies kept passing on it, and according to Wright, because they just weren't sure what the tone was, and they said it wasn't scary and it's not that funny, and they just didn't get it. So it's kind of like it sounds a lot like what happened when you know American Werewolf in London was getting made. It's just like people weren't really sure. It's funny, like this is so many years later. It's like how how can people still question like horror and comedy together? But it's something that like they just don't seem to get mm. like. I don't want to find work. this. I don't know. But eventually working title films picked up the project, which Edgar Wright thought was hilarious because it's usually, you know, that was reserved for like making the British like romantic co- comedy films and romance yeah. films and stuff. So it was a really strange uh, film from them to put money into. So let's get into a little bit about the cast. I mean, obviously we have Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Holy shit. <laughs> Those two together are just perfect. I mean, like it's magic. Like I can watch any any of the films, even if they're like dumb, they're always like really fun together. Like even like Paul. Paul, it's like yeah. apparently they got the idea for Paul during this film. It just took them a long time to make it, but they came up with the idea while they were on set. Just it's a similar them. idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a road trip. Film. I think I get yeah, and I get like the idea is strong enough. I get, but I think it was stronger here, like the the marriage of you know like a slacker comedy with the zombie genre worked really well and he he'd done that every time with that pairing i know paul wasn't made by edgar right yeah. but like mm. you know that with them doing sci-fi doing alien yeah. done it better had a more believable setup than like like how fun does okay we're doing like big over the top action movie with the slacker comedy yeah. like styling of edgar right but it turns into this weird cult thing at the end and it's still good but like it's not as held together and then well then it's just a fucking mess of ideas where it's like we're doing the apocalypse and we're doing alien and all this stuff and none of it really comes together and that's my problem with that one and that's the nice thing here and that those two they're like fucking abbott and costello yeah that's what i was gonna say they just they work perfectly isn't simon pegg in um, truth seekers that the new amazon show with uh nick frost yeah, didn't they develop it together? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. And I think it's really funny as well. But it's also sort of, I think, like, they, um, they're they adapting to what the market demands of performers like them. As in, like, you know, mm-hmm. what we do in the shadows is huge now. And, and yeah. so, okay, we're going to do a, a ghost hunter show. Like, um, but it's yeah, still like yeah. that. But I feel like with, with their dynamic, I like that you brought up Hot Fuzz because initially it's still that, like, straight man versus... Nick Frost dumbass you know yeah. it's not as apparent as like in Shaun of the Dead where it's like two freaking slackers except one of mm. them wants to change um, yeah. but every other project they've done together it's still at the core and I think when you brought up how like working title only funds like rom-coms and romantic films at the end <laughs> of the day 
their relation it's like a love story in itself yeah you know? like yeah yeah it's it's a it's love story bromance. between sean and ed but yeah. it's also a love story you know sean and his mom and sean and liz and, and yeah. it's really mm. like um it's really sweet and i think all of those films i'm not saying all of edgar wright's films i'm I like those like you know nick frost and simon Pegg. that combination there's a lot of like love there yeah as corny as it sounds and i think that's what really like among other things works for them it's so real though like i was reading when i was like you know doing some research that uh nick frost kind of like just came on to space because like simon Pegg found them um he was like working at a pub or something or a cafe and he didn't have any acting experience and just like really liked him so he brought him on board and then just since then they've just been best friends living together and all sorts of shit and you know and like i i randomly the other day just caught them having a uh, like nick frost was on having on instagram just doing like a live just on there talking while he was waiting in line to get some petrol and uh Simon Pegg jumped on and they're just like having this really I mean they're best friends you can see it they're just so sweet together and it's really cute and it's like that's what you get from these films like when you said Abbott and Costello mm-hmm. Phil it was like why don't they do more of that like like that's yeah. something that's yeah, really been a while missing now. from Hollywood is like a pair of people who just do a bunch of films together and they're just silly put them in all these different things and you can just keep pumping them out and it's like you can make money off of that and it would be fun like you like those yeah. two characters i want to see them go through you know more shit together and it's like mm. you can keep coming up with silly things and it would never get old like i mean maybe eventually it will but you know <laughs> i mean simon yeah, yeah. peck he's doing his own thing you know he's like fucking in all those mission impossible films now as well and star trek he really broke out of it i think more than any of them like nick frost is still very much a A you know a comedy guy and a big figure in like british cinema but simon Pegg broke hollywood in a big way and he still is the british guy you know what i mean (laughs) he still is playing the same guy yeah Um, yeah yeah, they never ask him to play American, which I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just not believable. Yeah, <laughs> we get a good like, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, his mom's mom name is Barbara. Barbara, which is a nice little yeah. nod to nice Night of the Living Dead. But the, did you know the production actually wanted Helen Mirren to play that role? Of Barbara, Damn. which she turned down with a note that said she'd rather play other funnier characters, like Queenie Shaw from The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out Queenie yeah. Shaw. Fine. But uh, yeah, yeah the, that role would eventually go on to uh, Penelope Wilton, and she <laughs> she's great. I mean, she's playing she's the total right. Barbara character anyway, just completely like in shock, like especially after. Her in denial, really. Yeah, completely in denial, like, yeah. They want me to make you a sandwich. It's like, no, mom. Yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> there's zombies outside. Are wait for the doctor? Like, <laughs> I thought the doctor. I thought that was so fucking hilarious. I run it under a cold tap. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah. Bill, I just fucking... Yeah. Like, oh, it's not a problem. It. I run it under a yeah. yeah, how could I not like this film? They just talk about killing Phil from the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Kill Tell Phil me, should please. be like a Kill Bill parody. Um, yeah. Kill Phil Volume we'll One and Two. We'll eventually get around to yeah. Yeah, we'll make Kill that Phil. after after Phil makes his film. That's our next movie. Yeah. just like Kill once Phil. we get really upset Kill with Phil. how Phil directs us, just be like, all right, Kill Phil. Yeah. <laughs> kill Phil. I want it. That'd be great. I'm down. I'll 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm writing that. The f- yeah, the second film, it's about the making of the first film, yeah. but everyone yeah, it's, this in the is cast the and crew is trying artist. to kill me. Yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to kill him. It was great. I like, fucking hate it. Everyone yeah, and it's like a mockumentary. <laughs> it's, so it's like, this is the end, you know? Yeah. It's like, fuck that dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's only like, no one gives any actual examples. They just say, they just really want to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and every you know. cutaway, I'm like, just like, like a little really look, nice. just being like... <laughs> <laughs> and I want to kill Phil. <laughs> uh, One day, Sean's stepdad is Bill Nye. That's, I mean, that He's whole it's great. Insane. I mean, basically, yeah. he he accepted the role after Edgar Wright sent him a script to read, and he was just like down for it. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty like much a established just like guy in UK cinema, you know, like yeah, a lot of fucking films and TV shows and stuff, but. Hmm. Yeah, I mean he's great, and like the whole thing you you brought up, like Simon Pegg crying and stuff, and it's not particularly with that like that scene in general. Um, it happens in the car, though. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. version. Which is, it's like a sweet scene because he, you know, you start doing the math on it. It's like he's been around since Sean was like fucking twelve years old, and he's just like he just fucking hates him. It seems like <laughs> it's like you're yeah. not my dad. Yeah. You're not my dad. <laughs> you're not my fucking. He's not my dad. But like then when it like you know comes down to it, it's obviously there was like you know it's a really kind of sweet moment, and they had that kind of nice little chat before he passes away. But the later when he has to kill his mom, and he was like crying. Oh my god! That apparently was like he really was crying, and and also Nick Frost was really crying as well because uh, he was like he basically said that he was trying to imagine like what would happen if his own mother died or if he had to do that to his actual mother. And that's where he came up with that, those tears and stuff. And he really did actually start crying and he caused Nick Frost to cry as well, which is kind of funny. It's like, Jesus. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, really beautiful moment. what I really love about that scene is like what you were saying earlier, the balance of tone, just like the, the comedy and mm. the drama, mm. that scene is a perfect example of it because there he's, really like he's upset he has to kill his mom but he's also so fucking pissed off at this david (laughs) loser that it's sort of like david's bit is sort of played for laughs but you know sean's genuine terror and sadness is also like just as believable and yeah you want to laugh but you want to cry and it's it's great i it's it's so masterfully done i think yeah I mean, mm-hmm. that whole thing with Lucy Davis and Dylan Moran is hilarious because, like, they're both really great in their roles. And, like, yeah. like, the whole thing where it's just, like, he's obviously, like, in love with Liz and then Sean just brings it up. And he's like, well, no, no. And then <laughs> no, she no, just, no. In that proper British way. No, 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 no. Denial. She's like, look, I picked you up in college after I realized that, like, you, you know she wasn't going to be with you and I was like there to pick up the pieces and all that and I'm well aware of the fact that you're in love with Liz but yeah. I'm <laughs> over it it's just so sad it's just like oh you're stuck with this but Sean is being yeah the older the bigger man <laughs> the bigger person, he's like yeah. I've accepted it yeah. I've grown past it you need to too and yeah. he won't even fucking admit it <laughs> he just runs away yeah you repress, you push it down, you yeah. deflect. This is England, like it's very, yeah. yeah. And this is England, and, and this, this is England. England, and this is England. Yeah. For the benefit of radio, Phil just pointed to his head and his heart. Yeah, um, just for those watching at home. Yeah, I'm doing a Stephen Graham impression. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of zombie cameos, so we've got 
Rob, Bry- I mean, a lot of these you probably won't even notice, but we have uh, Rob Brydon as a, as a zombie in the film. Uh, Joe Cornish, who would later become a director. Attack the block. Like a big, big friend of Edgar Whoa. Wright and, oh my God. Yes. and uh, his producing partner and stuff. So yeah, they're like friends and shit. So he was in it. We have Antonia Campbell Hughes, which is an actress that's like, in, you know, in a lot of films and stuff in the UK. She was in it as well. And yeah, you mentioned Coldplay. All right, so the yeah. reason why they're in the film is because <laughs> Coldplay. Because so only Chris two Martin, members survived the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Martin's uh, apparently really good friends with Simon Pegg, and Simon Pegg is oh. his um, his child's godfather. So oh. yeah, so they got them in the film, and Cute. they actually do play zombies in the film as well. So Chris Martin and Johnny Buckland from Coldplay are zombies as well awesome. that's very fun and as a signature sort of thing that romero would do making himself a zombie in the film edgar wright plays one of the zombies in the remembering z day footage at the end of the film <laughs> that's, like, yeah. sure. <laughs> that's such like Z-Day. and the like, guy on the news i'm obsessed with that newscast of just being yeah. like i can't believe i had to say those words um, <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe it's i can't so, believe you've done this i can't believe film, you've done this <laughs> the ending of the film is just so like it would happen that way here though it's like yeah it's, it's great yeah, genuinely it would genuinely would a great here. modern update of what yeah. like you know romero told in a, in a long form version of how humanity would dealt with it yeah shauna did that like a really quick like let's fast forward Snappy. let's see what would actually yeah. happen yeah. and that is Honestly, probably the more realistic thing. I mean, depending on how out of control the virus is, it's either going to be a fucking walking dead wasteland or it's going to be like you're shooting zombies on the way to work. Yeah. Yeah. It can be that, like COVID. Yeah. It can be that normalized yeah. and that we become that accustomed to it yeah. that it should become the part of life. And another it, thing to like, ignore. You just yeah. make them slaves, <laughs> like another slave yeah, in the great. system. Because like, that's, that's great. That's, it's so that's cyclical. So George Romero. That's just yeah. like what. Yeah. Everyone else. Then they'll rise up. But everyone yeah, they'll was rise already... up and overthrow the humans again. Um, yeah. 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 Brilliant. I mean, the whole idea was like that, you know, it's just poking fun at like London British people apathy. just being enslaved in their stupid <laughs> yeah, jobs literally. and stuff. And then you just yeah, minimum wage. throw another, you know, actual zombie who is a slave into the mix. And I mean, you have them on those like Takeshi Castle, like sort of rip off TV shows, like as well, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah. like the freaking wipeout. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, well, funny. I'm obsessed with the chat show. Like when they had Trisha on, I was like, they would yeah. so do this. Like they would have zombies on Good Morning Britain. If, like, if <laughs> yeah. that they fucking would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pit Morgan would be like. He's yeah. my oh, husband, yeah. but we I still love him. <laughs> <laughs> do you sleep with him? Love it. To find extras willing to be made up as zombies, the filmmaker put out a call on fan forums devoted to space. So another space uh, comes in to save the day. So about 200 extras were eventually recruited through online fan forums. And apparently, in a nod to Romero on Day of the Dead, all the extras were paid one pound for their troubles. (laughs) And Edgar Wright said in 2020, the zombies spent a week cooped up on set they had to stand outside the Winchester, the pub where the heroes take refuge, banging on the windows and not doing much else, really. When they, we eventually involved them properly, they had this electric energy, a pure, crazy hysteria. Originally, there were 40 stunt performers hired to be the zombies, but the production realized that they would need a lot more to fill the set pieces. 
So many fans responded to the online call, and there was about 150 zombie extras hanging around set until the local children saw the zombies being made up, and they wanted to be involved too. So leading to another 50 zombies being added into the film. Yeah, so they shot the film over nine weeks between May and July of 2003. The production filmed in London on location at Ealing Studios. Many of the exterior shots, though, were filmed in North London areas of Crouch End, Highgate, Finsbury Park, and East Finchley, which is kind of where I think Simon Pegg and all them hung out a lot. The electrical appliance shop that Sean works at is actually a real shop in North Finchley, but the scenes where the pub, the Winchester Tavern pub, was were filmed was actually here where I'm at over here in New Cross area. Um, Damn. Yeah, that was shot at the Duke of Albany pub, uh, which is still there, but the pub's not Ish. there. So yeah. it was uh. partially demolished and turned into flats in 2008, but you can still go and see the building and it still sort of looks like it. Um, the Winchester was based, though, on a pub called The Shepherds in Highgate, which Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost used to go to all the time. And I think Edgar Wright used to try to convince them not to go to the pub all the time. Like, So it's like, <laughs> come on, let's do something else. And that's where I think the whole idea of going to the Winchester became like a joke in this film. That's just all they do. So Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we hid in the Phoenix during the zombie yeah. like, we would not. <laughs> like, but we always go to the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah it's the only place that's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place that's quiet, Britney playing like yeah. Yeah. max <laughs> volume behind you. Yeah, and the drink the overpriced but yeah. strong. Yeah. So get you there quick. Yeah. Survive on shots. Yeah. 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 Therefore the real workers of the Western. But I find it funny that um he made a better movie about pub in this movie, not about a pub. Yeah, than and the then movie pub he'd crawl. make later about yeah. a pub. <laughs> Literally yeah. about a pub crawl. Yeah. Building to a, a pub at the end. <laughs> named after a very specific pub. Yeah. Not and not filming at that pub. Yeah. Which I thought and, was weird. Which was weird. It's just in the middle of the country. Yeah. Like it's much better here. Yeah. In definitely. the Winchester, weirdly yeah. enough. Like he had, he said everything you'd want to say about pop culture here, mm-hmm. rather than literally a whole movie based around it. Which is so bizarre with Edgar Wright because I feel like with his career, we were talking about it, kind of just like his earlier stuff. I think were are stronger than yeah. the stuff he goes on to make. I mean, obviously he becomes Definitely. more skilled, and he you know he wants to tell the stories that he wants to tell. But for some yeah. reason, the ideas that he continues to get across were like to me at least said better in. His earlier stuff, like in this or in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. They, they yeah. seem de- like, oh, I'm not going to project on this guy. They yeah. seem a little detached now. Yeah. Whereas like you can see in his early stuff where those ideas come from. Mm-hmm. And they obviously come from a real personal place based yeah. in real friendships and real history. And I guess once you get past those ideas, it's like, oh shit, what would make a good movie? Um, yeah. This, yeah. That. He's told- it's like he's trying yeah. to make Hollywood movies. Yeah. yeah. It's and like he's told his it stories feels and like he's that. like, doesn't have anything new to say because he hasn't had those other experiences yet. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know what else to talk about. I'm like, you know? when were you a 60s, dop- like a doppelganger to a 60s singer? Like, yeah. <laughs> when were you a mom? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, right? like where's the connection that worked? But like, yeah. he could have done that like John was saying about the 90s. Yeah. And it would have been like fucking perfect. Yeah. You were there. You defined what like a 90s 
teenager 20 something once was based mm. in london you could go back to that well and that would make sense you could make something about this time yeah i mean maybe going back to his roots would be better i think a thing that i get from mega Wright is it just feels like sometimes he's like i don't know like he just seems to get off on being cool and having a lot of like That's ideas it. of things like that he likes and putting like, his friends in movies like yeah. when you when you like see his list of his favorite films there's like a thousand films and it's like god like how like how how do you have a thousand favorite films you know it's just like <laughs> yeah. clearly you should have like maybe 20 that you really fucking love and you just struggle to get a top 10 but like of course i like x number of films but i'm not gonna go on about them forever like except for the fact that i have a podcast like that i, I have, have this is how we do it they like films, rotate but... for me like there yeah. are phases you know yeah 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 but it just feels like he's he's kind of like trying to please a lot of people and it's just like dude just do what you know like that's where i feel like he just needs to go back and get back to basics it's like or rather this, like do this, what you want so but not worry about you know whether or not that's what expected of you do you know what i mean yeah. like i feel like he's trying too hard to break the mold that he yeah, set for himself yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. even though if he just wanted to if he just wanted to do that and ran with that instead of trying to make you know a different like this is going to be a different edgar Wright film. it's going to be dark it's going to be mm. you know there are going to be girls in it um, <laughs> <laughs> um and, and instead of if you just you know again like yeah doing something closer to, to his roots but also still like something he wants to do i feel like yeah, yeah. I'm just losing him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, the thing with his recent yeah. movies. I'm like, I don't see Scott Edgar right there anymore. I feel like I see. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was the perfect, and that was a nice marriage, I guess. Like of him and you know, he, he came up yeah. exactly like any. It was because it was a fairly obscure property that he mm. was tackling, but the sensibilities were like his own, and he stayed really true to it, but added a lot of his own. Like he made it not only a great comic book movie, but a great video game movie yeah. somehow as well. And then I think he went, I think after that, Marvel got him. And I think Ant-Man probably broke him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then after, I think now he's just like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I don't even yeah. care if it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing he does quite like to do, and we get from this film, is put a lot of music in his oh, movies. Yeah. And yeah. he plays a lot, uh, you know, in the way that weaves through the film. So the film is scored by Pete Woodhead and Daniel Mudford features a lot of sounds that are very reminiscent of Italian zombie film soundtracks by artists like Goblin and Fabio Frizzi. So, yeah, I mean, you get that a bit with the score that's kind of going through the background, but really the star of the film is just the musical cues that he, you know, like, so he does take... like Queen and shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, he does take cues from Goblin. He actually put you know the main theme from dawn of the dead and the soundtrack as well and then also in the credits you get the gong which i mentioned that i thought it did <laughs> mm-hmm. play in this film which is from the dewolf music library that's also famously in dawn of the dead but uh the real story here is like all the other fucking songs so yeah you brought up the fucking don't stop me now phoenix oh my god like don't yeah. stop me now by queen, queen. holy Every shit queen night, yeah, it's always on. playing at the Wait, Phoenix, yeah, and every playing. time it plays at the Phoenix, it's just like inevitably makes me think of this fucking scene. It's yeah. so yeah. famous. The choreographed scene is so fucking funny. And it cut to it yeah, perfectly. Yeah. So good. Like so. Imagine doing they, that at the Phoenix. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there was one night like 
that song was playing and it was before you guys were there and it was uh paul gallivan um red beer paul uh shout out other paul he he was there like and he loved queen as well and that song came on and it was his leaving night he was like in tears and we were all like you know like like arms and shoulders and just like he was just crying and stuff and then like we were all just like miming like we were like hitting zombies with uh (laughs) when that song came on it was really funny (laughs) but yeah it it just always like makes me think of this film it's so funny man like just every beat just hitting with the snare beats and stuff and apparently they like actually had the idea to put don't stop me now on the film and they you know basically just he said it was one of the most positive exciting happy tunes ever and then just like mirroring it with the over over the top violence and stuff (laughs) in that scene I just thought it was really funny and they like Simon Pegg said that they actually had that music playing and it was choreographed to the song and everything even before it was clear to be using the film so they had to like write Brian May and just beg him to let them use the (laughs) the song in the movie please 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 (laughs) pretty please We've done it now. We've done it now. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's used in the this. film actually caused a bit of a rebirth for that song. I think it like mm. start charting after the film and then it also like introduced Queen to a new generation of younger fans. So they like mm. got even more popular. So it's like pretty funny. <laughs> uh, we also have the opening scene of the film that's choreographed a bit. Um, I can't remember what song they used originally, but it was one of those cases of they they choreographed it to a certain song, and then Edgar Wright, while editing, found the Blue Wrath by Eye Monster, and he just put that to it, and he was like, oh, this is perfect. So that's pretty cool at the beginning of the film. I mean, but you also get, like, Panic by The Smiths, Ghost Town yeah. by The Specials, <laughs> Meltdown by perfect. Ash, White Lines by Grandmaster Flash, and... <laughs> It ends sort of with, I think at the end of the film, Everybody's Happy Now by Buzzcocks, which is yeah. solid sort of ending of the film. But yeah, fun soundtrack. I mean, you get that. That's the specialty now with Edgar Wright. He's all about his music. I know that a lot of people think it's a little bit to a detriment, especially when you do things like Baby, Baby Driver. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. The last we say, yeah, the gimmick that worked stuff out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> not even like, not even like, you know, the first into the first act of the film. Literally, the first five nope. minutes, you're like, boy, come on now. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> Shouldn't have like, done this. Yeah. Shouldn't have made John this into a whole in it for how long? Movie. Why am I here? Um, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go home and watch the Walking Dead. Release the burnt dog cut. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go home and watch the Walking Dead because the Punisher isn't a thing yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> the film was distributed by United International Pictures or the UIP in the United Kingdom and Universal Pictures in the USA. UIP created a heavy targeted marketing strategy, including hiring actors to play zombies and dropping them around London to create disruption shortly before the film's release. The campaign (laughs) was designed to incorporate as many novelty media placings as possible to alert the attention of the young like audience here in London. So Ads were, you know, booked in newspapers, magazines, and TV. There was a, they had basically that classic image of Sean in the phone box and all the zombies like crowding mm-hmm. around him. Um, and he's holding the phone, and the tagline says that the line is dead, and so is everyone else. <laughs> Sick. A lot of phone jokes <laughs> yeah. in the marketing. Yeah. They realized, you know, it <laughs> doesn't even go on the, the tube in the, in the movie. Yeah. 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 London Underground ads also featured a similar concept, but this time it's uh, the, I think it's the famous uh, 
poster was shown on the underground, like on the tube, and all the zombies are like, mm. you know, pushing against the glass and stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah. they they placed those around the underground, and uh, it kind of gave you the idea if you were like passing through that, like maybe those zombie carriages would be on the tracks and stuff. And they also place ads in like pubs at the bottom of pint glasses and also on the beer mats and stuff. So it was just like everywhere. Like you went, it was just Shaun of the Dead shit. Yeah, I think it really worked. I think that's something that just like how like, I don't know. They don't think about clever marketing anymore. Like a lot of it's very. It's been a while since it's just a giant Jeff Goldblum in London Bridge, (laughs) which is the last good one. I saw nonetheless, but like I feel like marketing now is so like fucking Netflix marketing. I really fucking hate sometimes because I feel like, oh, fuck again, you know, like another pop up like it doesn't hit like it's not interactive. It's very like the spectacle isn't even a spectacle anymore because it's something that you just want to you know take a picture of and post on instagram like i loved when we all like we went to the the once upon a time in hollywood pop-up like that was yeah, simple yeah. it was for oh, a yeah, couple f- like it was for people who like are fans of it but also people that are and you know, new that new and, and and that felt like cool um maybe that's the whole thing like everything is so accessible now that like it stops being cool but with Shaun of the dead it was everywhere but it was still like like it worked you know Whereas now I think we all get a bit annoyed with things that are everywhere. Like I adored Squid Game and I binged it in a night. But like every time I hear about, oh, they open a pop up here or or the people are doing freaking people are dressing up as as, as the thingies now. It's like it's just you're missing the point. Yeah. I was in Brighton yesterday and they already had like, you know, on the pier people selling those masks and stuff from squid game and i'm like how it's just it's how like it just it? came out it just came that's out are you already mass producing these bullshit masks exactly <laughs> just Easiest to be safe Halloween we costume. always make merchandise yeah or whatever netflix make yeah because yeah. it's always a huge thing because yeah. everybody just watches whatever netflix shoved in your yeah. face yeah and it becomes oh. a talking point this was like money heist four years and then we ago, forget you know like yeah but anyway, Shaun of the Dead. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we veered off. For a yeah, back to Tea Time of the Dead, please. Yeah. Tea Time of Tea the Time dead. of the Dead was released in April 2004 in the UK and September 2004 in the US, and it earned 30 million dollars on a 6.1 million dollar budget, which is pretty damn good. The film was released only two weeks after Zack Snyder's 2004 remake of Dawn Ooh. of the Dead. That's the beginning. Yeah, the beginning of the Renaissance. Oh, four, baby. Yeah, Renaissance. <laughs> Both were internationally distributed through uh, Universal Pictures, with the company only taking on Shaun of the Dead after setting the condition it'd be released after the remake of Dawn of the Dead. So mm-hmm. critically, the film was well-received. Many held Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's move from TV to the big screen as a big success. Also, they praised the film for its fresh take on the zombie film. It's not only called one of the best zombie comedies ever, but it's also just seen as a really important zombie film due to his social commentary on the zombification of the working class and yeah like we were saying it's just like the new normal normalized zombies you know it's just really funny just the way it ends knowing that they were both borrowing heavily from his zombie filmmaking style and that they'd be taking their title from dawn of the dead edgar wright and simon Pegg reached out to zombie legend george a romero ask him if they would see his film and give it his blessing and according to Edgar Wright he screened it in a theater in Florida by himself except for like a lone security guard and he quite enjoyed it 
And he said, Aww. we got a call from him later that night and he couldn't have been sweeter about it. So Romero, that's so fucking sweet. Damn it, Jojo Romero. He was a yeah. I mean, fan. he would repay the favor. Yep. Yeah. Down the line. Yep. He can't wait for those. So yeah, he he basically. I watched a. I think it was a this zombie documentary like recently, and he was talking about it, and he said it's probably my favorite zombie film that isn't one that I made. So. Like, <laughs> and um, yeah. So after that, you know. Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright were both invited to cameo as zombies in Romero's fourth dead film, 2005's Land of the Dead, which we'll talk about in a few weeks' time. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last little bit. So, we know this is part of the Cornetto trilogy, which is all unlinked films. And the idea of the Cornetto came from the fact that Edgar Wright, like, so it was like, you know, in the film, Nick Frost basically asked, for, for a Cornetto, Cornetto. and yeah. it's mm-hmm. like a hangover cure and that was a real thing that Edgar Wright had done before he thought it was the weirdest thing that he had ever tried when he was like having a hangover he just had a horrible hangover after a night of drinking and just went out to the shop got a Cornetto and he was like this is fucking weird but he said afterwards it was awesome he actually felt 10 million times better so that's <laughs> where it comes from wow I gotta try and that became yeah. what we know as the Cornetto trilogy um, but did you know there was actually at one point an actual sequel considered for Shaun of the Dead where it would replace the zombies with vampires called oh From Dust Till Shaun. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. They, they put that joke in the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the posters in the background. Yeah. From Dusk Till Shaun. Um, yeah. yeah that's- Fuck yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. Oh, Again, yeah. like what they, sh- what I wish they did like when we did this at the end, we talked about like they were planning sequels, yeah. Uh, but it would have been like essentially do the same idea with the same cast, but like they play different people, yeah, yeah. And you do it completely different. So you could do that. I guess it's a bit, you know, limiting. But I would, I would still. That's yeah. what you should do now. Yeah, I like, mean, that's, why not? British why vampires would be talking about hilarious. earlier. Like, people would still love it. Yeah. Just culturally, like vampires in London, they would be like the worst of the worst, as in like they <laughs> yeah. would not give oh, a definitely. shit about yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. They don't tap in on the buses. They don't tap out on the buses. Like, <laughs> they don't wear their masks. They don't wear their masks. They don't fucking need to feel they're dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, can they you know, when we were like talking about like Abbott and Costello style things earlier, yeah. it's just like that would be fun, man. Just seeing these two characters having to deal with vampires and all that sort of stuff so but yeah all right well we've we've been at it for a while and probably too long so we've gotten a bit sillier with these zombie films and it's time that we turn our attentions to our next trilogy in season two it's a loose series of sort of sequels to night of the living dead with the return of the living dead trilogy Kicking off with 1985's The Return of the Living Dead. Send more cops. Brains! <laughs> Tina! <laughs> Party! Party! Yeah. 
Um, as always, you can follow us at Breadcrumbs Pod on Twitter and Instagram and learn more about the Breadcrumbs Collective at breadcrumbscollective.com. Feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about the show. Um, if you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us out and we would really love to grow this show. Uh, so stay, stay tuned uh, next week for the return of the living day. Let's party! Hi. <laughs> Do you ever think about death? <laughs> you know, get you, you know, like turn you on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll think about that next week. Yeah. Okay, we'll return next we week. We think about death all the time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Mm. Fucking podcast about death. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like Bye. Boy. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.